real quick before we get started, and I, I might already say this in the rest of the episode, but it's a lore dump episode. Um, it, it's just a lot of me talking and going over some really cool shit someone else wrote for the setting that we do, Letters from 2035, The New American Wasteland. Um, I, I, I do so much talking in this, and it's just so much of me doing breakdowns and analysis and discussion that I don't have a whole lot of time to do higher production value stuff, so I'm sorry for that. If you're waiting for the higher production quality stuff to come out, um, just wait for the next episode of The Dome. That's where I tend to put most of my kind of editing stuff into. Uh, but for now, if you just want to hear me talk and hear something cool, this is the episode for you. everybody, Monty here. Um, we're doing another lore dump episode today, and actually the lore dump episode before this one, which was just kind of like a catch-up for the universe and an explanation for some of the things in the settings, was a setup for this one because uh, one of our community members, uh, one of the moderators on the Discord, goes by Johnny B. Sweet, has written something and has put so much work into it the last few months that there is just no way that it is not canon now. Like, there's no way to proceed in the universe without this thing being canon and being included and being referenced, and I am working on redoing some things so that this thing can be part of the universe and uh, pop up in my own writing. And that thing is the United California Republics, which uh, has a big-ass wiki page now, um, Johnny is out there writing a lot and contributing a lot in between uh, his full-time job and his other responsibilities, and I think it's awesome, and I think it opens up a lot of avenues for storytelling or settings and such, and what we're going to do today is I'm going to do a read-through of the main wiki page. I might not do everything word for word, I might paraphrase some things and I'll give my thoughts on some things and just how it can be included or uh, not really feedback, because me and Johnny have talked a lot on one-on-ones before about uh, this topic and such and touched base on things. And like there, there's not really any feedback for me to give Johnny on the UCR, but I felt like there was just so much passion put into this that it really deserved a like highlight episode so i'm going to pull up this wiki page and we're going to get right into that and by the way if you wanted to read along uh you can actually find this page on letters from 2035.fandom.com uh forward slash wiki forward slash united underscore california underscore republics uh, if you wanted to follow along with me here and uh let's get started also, if you hear me chewing gum, it's because I have been quitting smoking and vaping. Uh, it's the 23rd today, so it's been almost a month without um, doing the inhaled nicotine. And I am going through Nicorette like crazy, but um, not smoking, so I guess that's important. Okay, let's get started here. So, uh, the overview for the United California Republics. 
and from here on, I'll be abbreviating, uh, abbreviating United California Republics as UCR for future reference. So uh, the UCR is a post-collapse nation comprising of the former state of California and annexed territory from neighboring former states. The UCR comprises 13 states and one capital region. Uh, that is Arixo, uh, parentheses, California and Arizona, Baja, a special economic state shared between the UCR and Mexico, Valley Central, uh, Central Heartland, Silicon Valley, Western California, Deseret, uh, California, Nevada, Eureka, Sacramento Capital District, San Francisco, North California, Los Angeles, the combined city and greater county, uh, San Bernardino, East California, San Diego, Southern California, the Navajo Nation, which is a native confederacy of Arizona, uh, California Nations, Native Coalition of Central Southern California, and the Sierra Nevada, which is a northeast mountain range area between California and Nevada. A hybrid techno-socialist republic pioneering forms of automated technocracy, UCR is one of the first governments of its kind to utilize all of these policies at once. Representatives are elected through ranked choice voting, which in turn are registered into an independent algorithm to fill governmental roles on a year-by-year -year basis. This is the official method of governance, although the election process has only taken place once since the coup that wrestled power from the old parties and interests, the internet, parentheses, in the cities and industrial zones where services still function, parentheses, has been declared a public utility in California and the new CalNet system keeps everyone connected in a more professional, heavily moderated forum. Modern living in the city zones have embraced the online synergy of CalNet integration in every major walk of life. From public transportation, everyday expense payments, and inalienable representation in local and federal elections. At the cost of the elimination of any online anonymity with the new statewide social registry, state government websites host census data that registers individuals as marked online address accounts. This is used for virtually every facet of everyday life, from job applications, loans, housing registry, arm purchases, and voting. So we're going to pause real quick here uh, just to talk about some of what we went over. So again, in the previous lore dump where we talked about where things are, uh, with the United States in 2035, uh, it's important to remember that uh, the United States government pulled out over the course of the 2030s all the way back east to the eastern seaboard, uh, basically uh, a battle line going from Virginia all the way to the north, right? And that's where the old U.S. government is. Now, everything else is kind of like the Wild West again in the West Coast and the Midwest, and if you're asking yourself, why is California so well organized? How do they have all these resources? I thought everything went to shit. What's going on with California now? Uh, we will get into that later. But what's important to recognize is 2035 goes off of a lot of real world influence uh, in contemporary times, right? And currently, California essentially supports a huge portion of the United States with its gross domestic product and its income and essentially just the taxes it pays, right? Uh, California is a state with a ton of resources, not just money, not just tech and Hollywood, of course, but they also have a huge population, a very diverse workforce, a very diverse um, pool of labor uh, to basically pull things from, but they also have lots of farmland available to them. Like California produces a shit ton of food. Um, now this puts California in this very unique spot where once the government is gone, the federal government is gone, so long as the 
Californian state doesn't like lose its shit, right? As long as it doesn't eat itself alive, um, it can have some semblance of normalcy. And what you see in this breakdown in explaining uh, CalNet and their new system that they have, or and we'll get to how they get there, of course, that's included in this wiki article. Um, what we have here is a probably more intrusive than a lot of people would appreciate style of governance and uh, kind of some people might be like, oh, well, like it's an Orwellian system where they have all of your information from your social media or from your uh, CalNet access. And like that might be true. But we have to remember uh, this is um, essentially the UCR is kind of the lone bastion of freedom and normalcy and any kind of absence from danger in the West Coast. And this is kind of what it costs to maintain that. Um, and we'll we'll keep reading the article here. I just wanted to do a pause and give some feedback on that or do some elaboration. So finishing out uh, the overview here, California began as a safe harbor for people or groups that the early Dominion uh, forces were targeting. And remember, the Dominion are our Christo-fascist, religious extremist people who are starting to take over a lot of rural America in this timeline. Um and growing conflict created a militant leftist culture to counter hyper-conservatism, threatening the stability of the region. Ravaged by climate catastrophe and the slow collapse of the former United States, California can only do so much to prevent the worst from happening within its borders. Government incompetence and corruption finally came to a forced end with the revolution in 2031, creating multiple Californian states and absorbing territory abandoned by desertification to create a natural barrier between themselves and the Dominion. Armed with former U.S. stockpiles, the Dominion and other rival new states give pause to targeting California's interest. A now very well-armed populace and militant leftist culture has brought corporate corruption to heel as well, hybridizing state and corporate utilities to provide more survivable conditions in the region. So that's the end of the overview, and just a real quick pause here for that last part if you're confused. Um, so if you're not familiar with West Coast geography, specifically California and Arizona, New Mexico, etc., um, California is a desert, and its surrounding areas are like super desert unless you go up north to NorCal and such, right? So what the author, Johnny, is saying here is this kind of natural barrier of just no man's land, heat death land um, between California and Arizona or kind of in this shared border that they have, that is like this impassable um, area for anyone who would do aggression to the UCR um, to pass because it's it's just desert, right? Nothing lives there. Uh, you might have some lizards, some specialized rodents, some insects, but overall with the advancement of climate change, this is kind of like an impassable barrier for most people who are not very logistically squared away and very determined. Alrighty, so now we're going to get into the history here. So uh, pre-collapse events, uh, and what was really cool is Johnny here has tried to parallel the original timeline I released like many months ago, maybe almost a year ago now. Um, but here we start in 2023. California enforces state law to protect universal marriage for California citizens after the U.S. Supreme Court repeals the right to gay marriage. Subsequently, Second Amendment rights groups aim for universal open carry in the entire U.S., striking down precedent in strict states like California and New York. Protests and extremist threats gained limited traction in the United States House of Representatives. 
calling for sanctions against the state of Sodom, and that's in quotes, Governor Gavin Newsom, um, who um, I was very surprised to see make an appearance here, uh, calls for California to withhold all $43.6 billion United States dollars in federal aid to the states represented by such dissenters. Threats go quiet after economic pressure is met and platitude of state sovereignty are empathized by those previously calling for violence in the West. With growing hostilities in other regions of the country, minorities and LGBTQ plus migrate to California in record numbers to seek out the new safe harbor from other states are directly targeting more and more with violence and political persecution. This mass migration is assisted by a number of nonprofits covering transport to the state and limited California resources spent on guaranteeing safe entry. So a quick pause before we continue on. Um, this isn't just kind of like a nightmare scenario, right? Like we already see this happening. Uh, like, for example, I live in Idaho where uh, the mainline series, The Dome, takes place, right? And the reason why it takes place here is in the West Coast. Idaho is already kind of just like the bastion for like right wing culture war politics, right? Like we just passed like a flurry of things like banning trans health care. Um, we have churches that call for the straight up killing of uh, LGBT people. Uh, we in Idaho just banned fucking uh, or are trying to ban or push legislation, uh, MRNA vaccines or MRNA based vaccines. Um, you we're already seeing this now. And one of the reasons why um, 2023 is highlighted here by Johnny is like that is where, if I remember correctly, my timeline starts as far as things that haven't happened yet, because I originally wrote that timeline in 2022 and then 2023 uh just coming after the roe v wade decision by the supreme court i was like well they'd probably come after gay marriage next so we'll put that there um and this is one of the things where johnny is trying to follow along so it parallels uh but what i wanted to touch on more was that um <laughs> we're already we already see this kind of thing happen right where people in red states are like i need to get the fuck out of here and get to somewhere safer right like people in washington and utah um, and sometimes Arizona as well, um, or Montana or Wyoming out here are like, I need to get to like one of the coastal cities and I need to do it fast because a lot of people here are, are very scared and they're very reasonably scared. So continuing 2024, uh, armed Christo-fascist protesters begin marching in the conservative bastions in the San Fernando Valley. Representatives of the GOP and other states called to commence 1776 again. A polling center in Inglewood is bombed, killing 18 people. Uh, parentheses, all but two illegally registered to vote. Parentheses, peaceful counter-protesters are met with LAPD riot police. Rather than risk another LA riot, Governor Newsom publicly sympathizes with the citizens of Los Angeles. Calls by foreign politicians for the arrest and execution of deviants and liberal state lawmakers pressure sympathetic corrupt law enforcement to maintain neutrality rather than risk cuts to their funding. Hey guys, Sick Monty here, but um, I don't have ads, obviously, I don't have a sponsor, so this isn't really an ad break, this is just me reminding you guys that, hey, there is a Discord that goes with this podcast where we talk about things related to the podcast and 
things that aren't so related to the podcast. If you can think of it, we probably have a channel for it. Um, we also have a Patreon that does support the podcast that I will always plug because anything you guys would like to donate or commit to to help me out doing this every month would be awesome. We use the Patreon money to do stuff for the podcast, to kit out the studio and such. So please consider that and I'll let you get back to your show. Counter-protest groups begin organizing, and armed minority militias see revival in the state. As protests gain traction and increase in size, the Christo-fascists organize to raid so-called, quote, satanic liberal centers, unquote, i.e. the major cities of Los Angeles, Sacramento, San Francisco, and San Diego. As the protesters grow bolder, counter-protesters arrive with new armed militias. The Los Angeles Sheriff's Department begins cracking down on protesters by conducting, quote, random raids, unquote, in predominantly minority-populated neighborhoods. Tensions come to a head when an armed mob of local citizenry with militia support push a police convoy out of Compton. Three L.A. Sheriff's deputies are unaccounted for after the withdrawal. So, pause and discussion, right? Uh, again, this follows the original timeline I'd set out for the 2035 setting, um, and the big thing that we see leading to kind of the the batshit crazy shit fuckery of 2035 that involves the United States government pulling out is these protests and counter protests that are fueled by culture war and ideals and you have for example minorities and LGBT and allies just kind of trying to fight for their survival on one side and then you have the Christo fascists and the nationalist Christians or whatever on the other side, um, things go crazy pretty quick. And uh, I remember just, we've already kind of seen how crazy it could be, right? Ever since Kyle Rittenhouse, um, you have seen this normalization of taking guns to protests. And there is a great way to highlight this or to showcase it in the drag show standoffs that started happening uh, towards the end of 2022 into 2023 where you would have armed left-wing militias and armed right-wing militias facing off at LGBT events or drag shows. And the tensions are high in these scenarios, right? Not just because people with guns are showing up, but by this point, uh, like in 2024, uh, assuming the climate crisis does not abate, the economic issue and wealth gap does not stop getting worse and now um, you have one side who is thinking, well, I have to preserve the American dream and um, doing some 14 words bullshit. And then you have another team that's just trying to fight for their survival. Things get batshit pretty quick. And um, what happens with a lot of the police forces is they don't want to get caught in a gunfight between a left-wing militia and a right-wing militia, right? Um, it's why you didn't see them break up the armed standoffs at the drag shows, um, last year. And of course, historically, police forces have typically uh, done more of defending and protecting right wing protesters when they show up into different towns, uh, whether that's because they perceive them as being more vulnerable, or because their ideals are more aligned, who knows, but in in these coming scenarios, especially the ones that Johnny writes about in this article, um, the police kind of get fucked up on not knowing what to do, which is kind of a normal thing that is going to happen if the protests or the counter-protest cycle gets worse here in the future, where if it becomes more of an armed standoff thing, the cops aren't going to know 
at all what to do or how to handle it. And as this starts happening more and as protests start just boiling over into firefights and firefights start boiling over into essentially little civil wars in the cities and different metropolitan areas, um, that is when you start seeing the government lose control. Anyway, we're going to continue here. Alrighty, so 2025, extremist protesters in Irvine, California, exchanged fire against a combined force of the MCC, uh, Militia Cuidadana de California, a Latin left-wing populist militia, a local chapter of the Von Steuben Brigade, dubbed Milk Battalion, a new nationwide LGBT plus veteran militia movement, and the fledgling California Black Communist Party. Um, this results in the Christo-fascist protesters being outnumbered and outgunned. Uh, they retreat to a megachurch campus and take shelter behind police who are already prepared there. Um, usually better equipped over people of color in the area, police are not prepared for near-peer conflict and abandon the Christo-fascists. As the police officers retreat, militia forces withdraw from the church and blend in with the growing crowds of onlookers. Alrighty, so in the next few paragraphs, um, there are a couple acronyms, right? So CBCP stands for California Black Communist Party. And the MCC is the uh, Militia de Cuidana de California, which is the Latin-based uh, militia, okay? Despite attempts by extremists, uh, Christian extremists, to stage armed protests in cities, these progressive bastions hold against an underwhelming conservative presence in the face of CBCP patrols and extremists attempt to seize the farmlands in the Central Valley. But ethnic, local, and immigrant laborers assisted by the MCC vastly outnumber them. Protests continue to shrink into the conservative holdouts of Northern California and the Sierra Nevadas. Apocalyptic climate-fueled wildfires exacerbate the retreat. California State Air National Guard and National Guard units are mobilized to assist in pacifying open conflict and assist in firefighting. But a majority of guardsmen, now populated by recent implants of LGBT and minority groups from the migration, uh, and he means the migration of uh, people from conservative holdout states into California, are sympathetic to the counter-protester cause, providing training and presence against orders, while rural units face mass desertions to protect loved ones. Alrighty, so uh, pause and discussion here. If you're not familiar with California, uh, it's pretty easy to think that the stereotype is true of just everyone in California being these like blue kind of coastal liberal types. But the reality is that California is is a diverse place, right? And there are actually a lot of pretty fierce Republican um, holdout areas within California. And usually these are, again, the areas centered around the megachurches. Uh, one of the most famous places is Orange County, California, which is, um, ironically, where I come from, a uh, fiercely conservative area, crazy conservative. Uh, so are different parts of Northern California and not just uh, a lot of people will say Northern California and mean like Bay Area. Uh, we mean like way north, um, like Redding kind of California. And those places are very rural, very farm oriented and um, understandably pretty conservative. And uh, there's a lot of tension there because a lot of people who live in rural California get upset thinking that uh, the urban parts of California are setting the laws for them. And there's some discussion to be had, but that's not what we're doing here. What I'm trying to do is uh, just kind of inform you guys that, like, California is not all blue, right? It's it's a pretty good mix, and 
even though it is majority uh, lefty or liberal, there are some pretty fierce uh, conservative types in California. And then moving on to the next discussion point. So uh, again, we're seeing the police cannot handle um, the violence between the protests and counter protests. So uh, protesters, extremist Christians, nationalists, uh, right winger, MAGA types, right? And then counter protesters in this case are uh, left wing militias, um, which are formed a lot by, um, you know, this kind of LGBT veteran militia group, as well as a uh, Latinx based militia group. And then what seems to be a new variant or a rebirth of the Black Panthers in the form of the California Black Communist Party. And if you don't know what what happens uh, when things get out of hand and the police can no longer control things like the local or state police, typically the feds end up coming in. And um, you saw it in Portland, right, where it wasn't just the Portland Police Bureau fighting protesters in 2020. It was also uh, Border Patrol as well as federal security services. But when it goes beyond that, uh, the state can typically choose to employ their National Guard in one of those scenarios. And that's what you see happening in this narrative or in this timeline, where eventually things start getting so bad that the National Guard has to come in. And uh, most states have an Air National Guard unit and then a, a National Guard unit separate from that. And if you're wondering, like, well, that's weird. Why are the National Guard helping the counter-protesters in this narrative, a lot of people kind of uh, get stuck in this whole assuming that the military is very right wing when in reality it is not right. Uh, Trump actually had one of his worst approval ratings in the military. Uh, he had like a 30 percent approval rating during the last election. And um, also the, the United States military is not leaning one way or the other. You know, it's like when you see people like Tucker Carlson or whatever say the military's too woke because we removed Trump's transgender ban in the military or something. It's it's not true. The United States military is usually a pretty decent representation of the American population. Um so you're going to have a good representation of everyone in there typically. The only time this tends to skew a little bit is when you consider National Guard, in which case um, the National Guard is made up of people from that state specifically. And if you have the California National Guard, which is, for the most part, a liberal and left-leaning state, they're going to be a pretty left-leaning unit or um, military. So carrying on here, uh, 2026, conservative lawmakers are strained by the pressure from their Christo-fascist constituents to disarm citizens of color but failed to gain enough traction in a state dominated by large populations of young Latinx Catholics and progressive Protestants. Representatives from the MCC, VSB, and CBCP, um, so that is the Latinx militia, the uh, LGBT vet militia, and then the uh, Communist Black, or California Black Communist Party, cite their Second Amendment rights that were exercised by extremist groups with no punishment, an effective social media campaign dubbed Everybody, Every eye, or everybody, every eye, is utilized by leftist protesters to live stream events en masse alongside fellows armed in open protest against racist California gun laws. Rising climate crisis has forced several extremist protesters to either be, oh, extremist protests to either be canceled or diverted to more comfortable areas, only to be met anyway by counter protesters. The remnants of Christo-fascists face dwindling support in the zones now ravaged by climate catastrophe. Attempts to seize government equipment are limited by fuel and water shortages to reach the depots in the Mojave Desert. 
Those that try are intercepted, not by federal or state troops or even the militias, but by sicarios from the Cerda Melendez cartel, taking advantage of the chaos and expanding their operations further into the bleeding U.S. Those that survive ambush are trafficked to clients in South America and Asia as labor or sex slaves or forced to run drugs and arms across the new borders. An attempted dominion was established in the Sierra Nevadas at several large church-owned campgrounds in the mountains, but are ravaged by wildfires and non-existent water reserves. The last few holdouts withdraw northward to the fledgling dominions in Utah and Oregon. Those that attempt the migration through the Nevada desert are never seen again. Alrighty, so we're going to cap it off here, just because uh, we're getting to around the 25 to 30 minute mark. And um, there's there's a lot of content here. And again, I, I would encourage you to read it uh, if you haven't, or if you're reading along, please continue to read it if you want to. Um, the reason, again, I'm going over this is it looks like uh, this whole timeline and setting and faction of the UCR is going to play into the dome, which is what I'm writing right now. And I, I think it's super awesome whenever um, people are contributing things to the series from where they live locally, right? Because I live in Idaho. I write things based off of what's going on in Idaho. And although there is a timeline for the whole United States to get the setting to where it is, right, I can only do a very high-level version of that. Um, and what Johnny has done here is he has written a very in-depth kind of breakdown on how uh, California is dealing with the events that lead up to 2035, how it becomes the United California Republics, and what kind of sets the stage for it to become that. I will continue this um, probably next week or the week after that, um, just because there's a lot to go over here. And I want to cover all of it because uh, in the Dome, which I'll be writing, there is going to be references to this. There is going to potentially be some characters from this area and um it it's going to be a motivating factor for a lot of people and uh there is potentially going to be this plot line where um essentially intelligence agents from the UCR are going to be uh working with and potentially trying to get the uh protagonist from the dome or the protagonist from the series the dome not the place the dome um, to do some things that they might not want to do, but have to for the greater good. And if you ever want to contribute your own stuff, I seriously recommend you go on to the Letters from 2035 wiki, okay, which is just lettersfrom2035.fandom.com, and um, just look at what's there. Uh, join the Discord that we have, which is the New American Wasteland. Uh, you can get to that Discord from a link on my TikTok, which is at Letters from 2035, and that's just in my bio. And you can talk to and work with people on whatever you're doing and find out more. Uh, again, I will be continuing this series. It will probably be about three 30-minute episodes. Uh, it gives me a nice break while I'm going through school and I'm trying to get writing done and also do my homework and also take care of my family and also do housework. But also, I just I, I love what Johnny has done here. I, I think it's super rad. Um, it's so well fleshed out. There are so many opportunities to write stories and do narratives within this setting, right? Um, and you know what? If you are from California and you end up listening to this, like I would super encourage you to get on the Discord, work with Johnny, um, see what you can write within this setting. Um, and then, you know what? Just stay tuned for the next one of these that comes out, hopefully in about a week or two. Um, sometimes it's hard for me to sit down and do a breakdown like this. 
And if you really, really want to, you can go to our Patreon, which is Letters from 2035 on patreon.com. Um, there's just one pledge level. It's five bucks. It is just the only way I get money from doing this thing. Um, of course, it is not super necessary, but it helps. On that note, um, stay tuned for the next one. And I don't know. Drink some water. <laughs>